This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Episode number 29 of the Rosie Report regular season roundup weekend in Minnesota recap edition of the podcast. Jim Rosenhouse along with you wrapping up a weekend in Minneapolis where the Guardians split the four-game series with the Minnesota Twins as they came storming back after dropping the first two on Thursday and Friday nights and come from behind win on Saturday and then Tristan McKenzie just outstanding yesterday for the victory. And the Guardians are on the winning track. McKenzie not getting the win as the winning pitcher, but pitched very well and was a big part of that win for the Guardians on Sunday. Coming up a little bit later on in the podcast, we'll hear from Eric Binder, who's an assistant general manager with the Guardians, and he has a good focus on pitching. And uh, certainly it works well for this podcast today because he addresses how prepared Aaron Savali were, uh, was and also Tristan McKenzie was before they pitched, and then they went out and pitched extremely well. So uh, we'll hear from Eric on some of that prep work that both of those pitchers did to really hit the ground running in their first starts in a while this season. So we'll hear from Eric in a little while. But first, a look back at yesterday's game, and it was scoreless until the Guardians finally broke through against Joe Ryan, a really good right-hander for Minnesota. And it was Josh Naylor and Andres Jimenez with the key hits late. The pitch swung on, hit high, hit deep to right. This ball's got a chance. It is off that sandstone. Caroms back toward the infield. Naylor's into second. In to score is Ramirez. That's a 23-foot wall. And a section of seats juts out, and the front of those seats is sandstone, which is part of what makes Minnesota special here. And Naylor just missed a two-run home run, and it'll go as an RBI double. He has nine doubles and a team high 41 runs batted in, and that's the end of the day for Joe Ryan. The 2-2, swung on, misses, pounded. Deep right center field. This ball is going. This ball is off the wall. Hitting second, making the turn, going to third is Jimenez. In to score is Naylor, 2-0 Cleveland. Jimenez with a deep drive to right center, high off the 23-foot wall. And it's 2-0 Cleveland on back-to-back two-out extra base hits that in any other ballpark would be out of the park, but 23-foot walls have a tendency to keep some of those in the park. Thanks, Dare the Hammy, for those calls as uh, both of those shots off the bat of uh, both Naylor and Jimenez looked like they might leave the ballpark completely but stayed in, and they were enough as they drove in runs on a day where the pitching was superb for Cleveland. After the game, Tristan McKenzie talked about 
returning and what it meant to him to be back on the mound for the first time in 2023. I was really just excited to be out there with the boys. Uh, I mean, going out there and getting a win, trying to split the series uh, was mainly the focus on my mind. It seemed like everything worked well for you. Were you surprised that everything worked well since you hadn't pitched a big league game, or was that what you expected? No. Uh, I felt like it was all the stuff that I've been working on in AAA, uh, all the stuff that I've been working like through the rehab process, so I felt good at going out there. How about the slower? Uh, it was a little different today, but it felt really, really good, so I was comfortable with it, and I kept throwing it. We talked before the game just about being a part of the team, but actually playing and, and being able to help that way. How much does that change? And being and we saw you when you came out, being able to be with your guys and, and doing your part. Uh, I mean, I think through the through the process, it's more like trying to bring my energy to the field. But it's a little different when you're able to be out there and be on the field with the guys and actually physically be able to contribute to the game. You know. What does this road trip mean to you guys? That you're able to win in Baltimore, split here, kind of get get rolling a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think it's a crucial time in the season for us moving to the summer. So I think it's about time we like start to get up a little bit. I like it. Never like you really showed it, but. Were you ever frustrated during this process? Is it hard not to be frustrated during this process, having to sit off and, and watch? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to, to not be anxious to get out there and want to want to play. But I think I was taking my time, and I trusted everybody here, so I was comfortable with it. When you strike out that many guys in five innings, what does that say to you? I'm executing. My stuff's playing in the zone, and I'm able to go in and out of the zone when I need to. I got some quick outs. I was I was happy with it outside of the walk. Yeah. You always had seem to have such a good attitude this whole time, <laughs> running around the clubhouse and smiling. Is it? Did that help you? I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I I just enjoy being here, enjoy being in the clubhouse, I enjoy playing baseball. So it's just like for me to go out there and play is just another step in that. And also after the game, Terry Francona weighed in on McKenzie's performance. I thought that was more than you could expect. I mean, it's not just. I mean, he worked so hard and he was diligent and everything. That, but then you get to a major league game and it's it's different. Even Carl said something. He's like, man, you know, he goes, just hasn't hasn't pitched in a major league game since last October. So, but to see him come out and use all his pitches, you know, have his fastball, have some life through his own, that was that was that flew past encouraging. Yeah. Um, when you look at Naylor just being able to drive in runs the way he has over the last few weeks, how nice is that? It's all. Well, I mean, especially hitting behind Ozzy because it, that's might be the most important spot in our lineup and, and he has driven in a lot of runs lately which is welcome with Tristan you kind of touched on but to have that feel, I think seven sliders six of them were swung and missed it just to have the feel for that third pitch that yeah, I, I thought he had a feel for all his pitches which again that's that's a lot to ask um, what do you think he had a 30 something 28 pitch I don't know 30 a long one long inning but other than that man, he was good Anything with Hemi that you've seen different on this road trip that looks more like last year's? Um, when he gets against that front side, instead of instead of drifting, he's got something to hit against. And when he does, man, it just it's so nice to see that ball when he hits it to right center like that. Bullpen, just the guys in the bullpen, what they were able to do today? They did a good job. They did a good job. I mean, Dalo, Dalo gave up. You know, the home that was a big boy home run too. Um, and the double, but he reeled it in, and, and we got him out. And like always, it's you know it's close. That's, that's like it is every game. I think Class has been in half your games so far. Is that just plays into how close all the games have been? Yeah, and and he's very resilient. 
I think I give the kid credit for a young guy. He knows how to warm up. He doesn't overdo it. And he's really honest with us, how he feels, which is important. What's with Karen check the last three times out? It kind of, what, what's turned to, I mean, he's gotten better, I guess. I think Carl was talking to him about establishing his fastball down, even when he's warming up. Because when he comes in, he's throwing up here, and it just, you know, but if he gets down, then he can elevate by design. So it turns out to be a split of the weekend, and uh, the Guardians will open play on Tuesday night with a new homestand starting against the Boston Red Sox, still very much within shouting distance of the top of the division as they kind of hold serve, so to speak, still trailing the Twits who are at the top of the division, but uh, Cleveland hanging around in that three-and-a-half to four-and-a-half uh, games behind range as we get deeper into the month of June. As promised earlier, Eric Bender is the assistant general manager for the Guardians and uh, covers a variety of topics with us today, but also uh, specifically the rehab assignments for Tristan McKenzie and Aaron Savali, who both pitched extremely well this weekend, both pitching five innings of scoreless baseball. Couldn't ask for much more, and Eric talked about the process for both to try and get back and be effective right away. Yeah, thanks, Rosie. And it was awesome to see Aaron uh, come up yesterday, pitch at a really high level, and as we're super excited to see T-Mac do the same here Sunday. Um, I think first and foremost, our medical group does an incredible job partnering with each athlete and each step of the process, having checkpoints with them to see how they're feeling, see how they're recovering first and foremost. And then on the pitching side, if it's a pitcher coming back to the major leagues, we want to ensure that when they do come back, they're not only ready to compete, but they're ready to compete at the highest level. And we want to be sure before they step into this environment that their delivery is operating the way it should when they're at their best. Uh, their pitch execution there is there so they can just go out and compete, and we're not trying to tighten things tighten things up here on the game. On. And obviously we can see pitch counts and things like that, but, but what's that other layer that you guys are looking for to, that would say, hey, this is the Aaron Savali we know. This is the Tristan McKenzie we've seen before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, throughout the full progression, we want to be really mindful of how we're adding workload and volume um, to them. So they're taking that on appropriate over the course of that progression. In terms of the underlying metrics, um, we want to understand, like, first and foremost, uh, their pitch movement profiles. Um, so we're looking at spin rate, movement of the pitch, um, execution trends. When they're at their best, we understand what their best plan of attack is versus left versus right. Are they able to execute that at the highest level to have success? So your bullpen has been busy because of the close games. Uh, there's been a lot of usage there, and, and you get a fresh arm in here in Mike Kelly. Um, interesting in that he was not on the 40 man and I know that presents some challenges and when you do feel like you need to make a move to get an arm in here what are some of the factors that are are really important aside from just the fact that he was throwing the ball well yeah so we uh I guess first step Hunter Gaddis threw last night um in the game and we'd like to have him continue to start so he's going to go down to Columbus and start early this upcoming week and we'd like to keep him lengthened out in that starting pitcher role so Michael Kelly's been a reliever for us that we signed this offseason as a minor league for Asian, and he's been throwing the ball incredibly well in AAA. Um, high strikeout numbers. He's commanded the zone well, and he's been partnered with uh, Owen Dune, Cody Bukel in AAA, and really targeted on his uh, player plan um, to sustain that high-level performance. So we're excited to select him to the roster here today um, and transition some of that to the major league level. When you look at his improvement, uh, here's someone new to the organization. How dramatic has it been from even spring training when he threw the ball well? Yeah, and Michael, he's if you look at his uh, 
performance track record over the last few years, he's been really good in the upper levels. Um, he had a little bit of opportunity last year with Philly, um, but we're excited to see what he can do here. And and uh, I think the biggest thing for him was Velo's up a little bit year over year, um, as well as one of his primary focuses was his plan of attack versus righties. He's added a sinker that he can run in on righties to help keep them honest a little bit. It's not a pitch he's throwing a ton, but it did help advance his arsenal, allow his four-seam and slider to play up in those matchups. And how important is it from a depth standpoint to get another pitcher on the 40-man roster for your bullpen? Yeah, so right now, like, a lot of our uh, starting pitching depth is really holding that back end of the 40-man um, in terms of our pitchers in AAA. So Tim Heron we've seen come up and down a couple times here, uh, but he was really the only reliever that we had on option. Um, so moving forward, Michael Kelly also has options, so he'll be a second reliever that we'll be able to draw from. Stay tuned. We'll have more with Eric Binder after this short break. Welcome back to Guardians Warm-Up. Eric Bender joining us, Guardians Assistant General Manager. And uh, we always like to talk pitching with, with Eric. And Logan Allen pitches tonight, and uh, it gives us an opportunity to talk about what you saw in an, in, an unusual draft year uh, before he was even drafted, but he was part of that 2020 draft, the COVID year, um, and how much improvement he's made. What, what did you see back then that, that you may remember that had him stand out? Yeah, so Logan was in our 2020 draft, and first and foremost is a amateur scouting group, and really through all of acquisition, we want there to be no surprises um, coming in, and part of that is understanding that the player incredibly well, both as a person and as a competitor, and to Logan's credit, as we got to know him as a person, uh, he's an incredible person, we felt like he fit our culture, but secondary to that, um, we knew he'd be a person that would come in uh, jump in with our coaches and really partner with him on his development plan. Um, so we were really excited about who he was as a person and how that would transition and fit our culture. Secondary to that is the skill set. Um, he was a pitcher that performed at an incredibly high level. At the college level, he was a lefty that had um, an interesting plan of attack, an interesting arsenal quality that probably allowed him to tap into more strikeouts that than you may uh, initially think that meets the eye. Um, but coming into our organization, the biggest strides, he did an incredible job partnering with our coaches. He spent time this past offseason in Arizona, uh, and we saw a nice velocity boost from his work there um, that translated into this season. So obviously the, one of the biggest keys to scouting is not only looking at the present, but projecting what they can do, and it seemed like there was a lot there to project for him. Yeah, absolutely, and as we're looking at Logan, the way he is competing – uh, at the college rank, we felt like there's a really high floor. So even if uh, even if you uh, even if he progressed through the system with that skill set, we felt like he'd be able to get hitters out. Um, the upside to Logan, also, he is a two-way player in college, so we felt like there was some athleticism there that wasn't fully tapped into on the mound, and we felt like that could be an area that we could lean into within his within his development plan. And staying on the draft, the next one's coming up soon, probably. Uh, quick for you guys but uh, it's about a month and a half away so in terms of the draft where are you in terms of what's happening now as you prepare for it sure so our amateur scouting group's been working tirelessly getting to know the players and really developing a full understanding of the draft class at this point uh, college baseball regionals are kicking off so a lot of the college season um, has now been completed so we have a rich data set on how these guys competed and how their seasons came together so um, internally, a lot of our analyst groups are starting to dig on, in on the players, and we're starting to build, uh, we call it our DNA group, in terms of um, how we're assessing them in terms of you know, the performance ball and some of the underlying body metrics. Um, so that process has been kicking off for a few weeks here, and it'll run full steam up to the draft. Some long nights coming for the analysts. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. 
All right, Eric, thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Rosie. That's Eric Bender, Assistant General Manager, covering a variety of subjects. And, yes, the draft, not too long, uh, about a month and a half or so before the draft, which takes place during the All-Star break. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report, Episode 29 in the books. Big week of baseball coming up as the Guardians will take on the Red Sox Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights at 710 at Progressive Field. And then the Astros come in, the defending world champs, will be invading Cleveland for the weekend, Friday and Saturday nights, and then Sunday afternoon, the games against Houston. To wrap up what should be a really entertaining homestand and tickets, um, there are still plenty, but we do expect big crowds this week, so make sure you jump on it if you want to head to the games this weekend. The Ballpark app, also CLEGuardians.com for your Guardians tickets. Again, it all starts Tuesday night with the Red Sox in town for three and then Houston over the weekend. That'll do it for this edition. And as always, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you and thanking you for downloading and listening to The Rosie Report. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.